In the last church I served, we had a wonderful nursery for children. A large room with lots of sunlight coming through the windows and carpets. And every time the year changed, we bought a whole new batch of toys to go into the room. The kids loved it. One of the hallmarks of the room was a picture of our Lord with his head thrown back in laughter. And many who came into the room would say, ah, now that's my favorite portrait of Jesus. In today's gospel, Jesus is not laughing. Woe to you if you are rich and full and merry and are well spoken of. Now that bothers me. Today after church, I will have lunch and I will eat my fill. And I will probably tell some jokes and there will be laughter. And if it's out at a restaurant, I will pay for lunch and leave a nice tip. And Jesus would say, woe are you. But it gets worse. Look at who are the blessed, the happy, those with a good standing before God. Blessed are those who are poor and hungry and weeping and reviled. Does that mean that we should seek a lifestyle of being miserable? Does that mean we ought to shape ourselves in such a way that we're like that group of people? If that's the case, that's not what I signed up for. So how are we to deal with this upside-down world of Jesus? What sense can we make of it? Well, consider the context. Hordes of people have come to see Jesus. They have come from all over the northern part of the Holy Land, Jews and Gentiles, men and women, the young and the old. There are large numbers of people, multitudes of people, crowding in on each other to be close to Jesus. And it's not just an ordinary crowd. It's full of people on crutches, for instance, or being carried on a pallets because they can't stand on their own, or doubled over with pain, or screaming because they're demoniacs. And all they want to do is touch Jesus. It's a wonderful verse, isn't it, where it says, they simply touch the cloak of Jesus' garments and the power goes out of him, and they are cured the power. So here it is. The blessed, the happy, those who are in good standing with God are the people who know their need of Jesus. Those are the blessed. Now, for us to get at that, I think we need to say that we live in a culture 
that plasters over anything that is problematic or painful or perplexing. We don't want anything to do with that. Cover it up. Keep it away. When we talk with each other, we, for instance, say, how are you? And the expected answer is, oh, I'm just fine. I had a friend once who would actually tell you how he felt. And your reaction was, yeah, I, don't want, I don't want to hear your stuff. It's painful for us simply to drive through this city and see the myriads of problems of all kinds that we find simply by looking around. We live in a culture where people spend literally billions of dollars in order to escape and be entertained. And if we're going to talk about death, boy, we put that way in the back room, way out of sight, where no one has to think about it. And it's not just our culture, it's ourselves too, isn't it? One of the things that fascinates me is how reluctant people are to go down deep into themselves, to be honest about who they are, and to look around there. I think it's because they're afraid of what they might find. They're afraid of the shame. They're afraid of the guilt. They're afraid of the pain that's been inflicted and that, that they have inflicted on others. They're afraid that it will make them weep, that there will be dark places, and they may be in touch with that great, big, aching hunger at the center of their lives. Plaster it over. Cover it up. Don't go there. And yet, here in church today, in fact, every time we meet together as Christians, it's a come-to-Jesus meeting. It's time for us to acknowledge who we are and seek to touch Jesus' garments. I have on my desk at home an icon of the Lord and it bothers me sometimes because I'll be reading or writing and look up and there he is staring at me with those eyes, those eyes that seem to be able to dig down deep into who I am, that face that says, I know you. I know what you're up to. You can't plaster it over. When I was a little kid, our family lived in a big old Victorian house. And one of the upstairs rooms was permanently locked. And my sister and I were told, you cannot go in that room. Do not go in there. And it was never explained what the problem was. So we would periodically shake the door, try to get in. We'd look through the keyhole. What's in that room? Why is it blocked off? Well, one Saturday morning, my dad opened the door and we looked in, and there it was, a room full of dust and debris. And we said, what happened? And he said, oh, that sagging plaster ceiling collapsed. That's the way it is with plaster. 
it'll always, in the end, collapse. One way or another, if you come close to Jesus, you have to be honest. You have to be honest. The plaster has to come down. The other part of that icon that fascinates me so much is that Jesus' right hand is always permanently lifted in blessing. The eyes that pierce, but the hand that blesses. In our gospel this morning, we have that phrase we've already talked about, the power that goes out of Jesus. That's the power of the resurrection. That's Easter power. When Jesus was raised from the dead, that's the sign that God's love is more powerful than anything else in the universe. There's nothing that can separate us from that. It knocks down all walls, all barriers, tears down all plaster, uh, reveals all that's been covered over. And when God does that tearing down, what it is is to bless. To bless. Much of my life, I have suffered from a feeling of being overlooked and undervalued. Now, I know where that comes from. I know why it is. And the other part of it is, I've always known, always, that God loves me. But one day, I was praying and using Psalm 18, and what I found there almost knocked me out of my chair. The psalmist says, The Lord has placed me in an open place because God delights in me. Delights in me? That's love magnified. That's God's compassion and mercy and steadfastness made alive with resurrection power. God delights in me. That was the day I touched Jesus' cloak. Do you understand what I'm saying? 